This podcast is for entertainment purposes only and does not substitute for professional medical advice. Please seek a medical professional or healthcare provider if you're seeking any medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Thanks, everyone. back it's a spicy sunday spicy margarita time with hey guys who are you my name is morgan <laughs> Andis. mario we finally oh. got him back i know <laughs> they finally dragged me in how yeah. you guys doing it is a sunday morning yes mario's having a margarita yep mm-hmm. jules and i are having mimosas yep yep very strong mimosas may i add <laughs> Did you, you know even put a splash of orange it's juice? It's a splash. <laughs> did you, it's food coloring. See, like the people that like they're just like wafting exactly. the orange that's, juice. That's me. It just needs to be in this share the same air as exactly. orange juice. Exactly. It's just it has to have the essence yeah. of orange juice. <laughs> but Mario, this was the last thing you thought you were gonna do this Sunday. Morning. Uh no, definitely was not on. Did you take your athletic greens? I did take my <laughs> athletic greens this morning. Sponsor well, us. Well, you oh know, my god, Mario! You, if if we ever get sponsored by right, Athletic Greens, yeah. Mario would be, Mario would be it'll be a regular podcast. guest. Yeah, <laughs> I forgot it. What do you guys want me? I'll be available. Whenever. I'll do the ads for you guys. No problem. Anyway, so yeah, we're gonna we're gonna want to have like more guests over and stuff like that. And our first is Mario, my husband. He's a family medicine doctor, and we're gonna talk a little bit about that in this episode. Um, so Mario, go ahead and what's, you know, introduce yourself. Where, where are you from? You know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so born and raised here in Miami, went to school here, uh, went to high school in Christopher Columbus, represent explorers, uh, did my next under- door neighbor to Evie. Oh yeah. Correct. In high school. Correct. Yes. We never knew each other in high school though. It's yeah. so weird. Like I feel like and you guys never... must have seen each other or something at least. Probably ran into each other somehow, but. Yeah. Never really knew each other. Did you ever go to like those uh, Columbus dances? Yeah, drinks? Beach Bash. Yeah, and... Beach Bash. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you see, my goodness. Yeah. You guys must have seen each other like a million times and not even like known for I whatever beach reason. Bash. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, then did my undergrad at FIU. From there, went to medical school in Grenada, St. George's. That was fun. Yeah, sure. Best worst time of our lives. Exactly. And then did my residency at University of Texas, San Antonio. And now we're back here. So living the dream. Can't complain. Okay. Can't complain. <laughs> well. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I can. But I don't know how long we have. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So one of the jokes that we always have is that Mario is Evie's male version. I know. It's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> to the point we've been trying to look for a what is it a, a julio, a julio. <laughs> for so, a long time any julios out there put in your cvs <laughs> now accepting cvs <laughs> all right so what what specialties did you initially think you wanted to do since you landed in family medicine but what did you want to do i initially thought i was going to do pediatrics See? like my good friend here twins um but it wasn't until i was doing my clinicals that one of uh, my professors was like hey 
I think you like talking to the wall and the wall likes talking to you. It's so, so true. Uh, I think you'd be great as a family med doc. So decided let's give this a shot. Threw mm-hmm. out my application there. Interviewed. Found in love with it and worked out since. Mario, didn't you want to be a cardiologist like before, before, before? Uh, n- not really cardiology. I liked it. I did do a pediatric cardiology like rotation. Did you do it at Jackson? I did it at Jackson. Yeah. Of those people. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was rough. Like, yeah, I was going to say. It was, was rough. Like, that's rough. It was not like one of those electives that you just pick for fun. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I did the Pete's Cards rotation there too as a student. Yeah. Oof. Yeah, I think it was we were. not easy. I think at that I time. I think you were on yeah, the hospitalist team. I was the hospitalist team and then, yeah. And I was on infectious disease, I think. I remember that. Yeah. yeah that's right. That's right. Awesome. So how does, because, I mean, I had that same question when you landed on family medicine. I thought it was the same thing as like internal medicine. So what's the difference? Because, I mean, I, if I had that question, I'm sure other people have it. Like, I mean. So the idea with a family med doc was the, the encompassing, like, all practices and the ability to kind of practice, like, in more rural areas where there's not access to healthcare. So you could be an obstetrician. You could be a primary care doctor. You can be the pediatrician. We always say from the cradle to the rocking chair, you know, mm-hmm. we can do full spectrum of practice. So that's kind of where the specialty came from where internal medicine is more specific just usually in adult practice and then divisions within that of specialties or you can do a general practitioner as well mm. family medicine is not easy <laughs> well the well, fact that you co- you could cover all ages everything. Is, is and unique, when you're you know, in a rural medicine. place mm-hmm. oh yeah. you are everything everything you are their endocrinologist yep. you are their gynecologist you are their basic practitioner mm-hmm. i mean everything the the pediatrician to the family it you cover everything yeah yeah, yeah you don't have access in the sense like when we're no. here in a big city i have a really good just... friend of mine that's in middle of nowhere california i think it's blythe blythe california mm. but it's rural basically right turn her husband and they run the clinic there and she'll text me on the side like, hey what would you do about this i'm like jesus christ like i don't know what i would do if i'm like in the middle mm. of nowhere and someone's coming to ask you yeah for a recommendation and you know like we're not just gonna tell you anything it's right. like everything that we tell you it's a true recommendation like we're not right. just here like coming out of like our ass exactly know? exactly so and then then you have the patients that will be like well what would you do right mm-hmm. and then i'm like well you're like well should it die <laughs> do as i say not as i do exactly <laughs> yeah exactly Oh man. Okay. So, what would you say is the best thing about it, or the worst thing about it, in that in that sense? I think the best thing about it is it doesn't constrain you to one part of medicine. Like right now, what I've been doing is primarily geriatrics, so that's one part of it, one facet. And then there's multiple other facets of it. I would say that right now, like my scope of practice, geriatrics. But if I wanted to and just do full spectrum of practice. I could do that being board certified as a family doc. Like, let's say in the future, we want to go somewhere where do like urgent care, do more like Mm -hmm. emergency medicine. You can kind of have that ability because you kind of seen a little bit of everything. So I would say that's kind of the best thing that I'm not really tied down to one specialty. So in that same coin, I guess, what would be the worst thing? I guess every, what, you know, what everyone says is that you're, you're, you're it. You're it. And then also, like, you have enough knowledge to know a little bit of everything, but you're not 
sometimes an expert exactly right. that. Like, let's say, perfect example, my friend here, Evie, she's a pediatrician. I wouldn't go against her. Like, let's say she gives me advice and says, hey, pediatric-wise, I think you should do this. I'd be like, well, shit, that's you right. spent three years doing just pediatrics and yeah. training in that, and you've got more experience in it. So in that aspect, I think as you go on and practice longer, I think you feel more comfortable with that. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. But um, I do feel that there is, you have to know your limitations. Yeah. I think that's the biggest thing. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's when we all like take our boards, you know, I don't know if like people know like the steps, but we take our MCAT to get into medicine, which that has changed since the last time that mm-hmm. we took it. Mm-hmm. You take your MCAT to get into medical school. Then when you get into medical school, you have a series of exams that test you on basic like knowledge, like on basic physiology and biochemistry and all these things. Then your last two years, this is how a typical traditional medical school is. Your first two years is books. Mm-hmm. And then your second two years is clinicals. And mm-hmm. then after your first two years, you take one board and it has nothing to do with specialty. It's literally everything in medicine. Mm-hmm. And then... After when you graduate or before you graduate, I can't really remember. It's been such a long time. You take yeah. your step two. And you can take those steps, the the tests whenever right. you want. And before it used to be so different because before it was like DO schools and MD mm-hmm. schools. And just the other day, I went to go do something at one of the hospitals and I realized that the credentialing people, I'm mm-hmm. a DO. So the credentialing people mistakenly put me as MD, mm-hmm. which is a very common mistake. And I was just there with one of the residents and I'm like, oh, it looks like they have me under as an MD here. And and she's like, oh, no, you know, now I think you can actually like graduate either or. And I'm like, what? Like, mm-hmm. how does that? I don't I haven't looked into it, obviously, but like you That's can. That's interesting because yeah, you your credentials. Take, yeah. But you have to take different exams and whatnot for, in DOs. Well, so yeah. So like, but now Eve, the why don't you why don't you explain a little bit of the difference between like MD and DO? Because yeah, because yeah, you're think, you're MD, Mario, yeah. and yeah. then Evie's a DO. Yeah. So. so there's two types. There's various types of medical schools, and you know you have the allopathic, which is your traditional MD, right? You graduate with your credentials of an MD, a medical doctor. And then you have your other medical school, which is School of Osteopathy or an osteopathic medical school. So you do medicine and then you take an additional class called osteopathic medicine, which is just heavily on like musculoskeletal side of things and treatments. So like certain therapies and things like that, that we are trained to include in our treatment plans with patients along with uh, pharmaceuticals and stuff like that. So, and then there's also naturopathic, which Mm. are our holistic medical doctors. So they're way more like on the natural side, Mm. no like pharmacology there or anything like that. They they really try to stick to the most natural side of medicine, which is kind of like very popular in other places of the world. So like Mm -hmm. Eastern medicine, it's, it's, yeah, (laughs) it is granola, but I mean, it has its points. Yeah, no. Ha- Eastern and a medicine lot of, is... Oh, yeah. Well, no, no, it's been around, I, and it's been know, around for way would, longer than what medicine absolutely. here has been around. And I would argue that even like when you think of holistic medicine is way different than from Eastern medicine. Because yes. Eastern Chinese medicine, even like yeah. that spectrum of medicine has been around for, for thousands. For years and thousands of yeah. years. So, and, there's even and they people, got some great acupuncture. Some th- perfect that's what I'm saying. Acupuncture is so, amazing. Example. And that's what I feel like. But yes, you're right. It's not the naturopathic schools. I don't think really focus like on that. But I, it's like kind of what yeah. like yeah, yeah. it usually tends to lean towards. 
And now there's even something called functional medicine, which is a blend of holistic and your typical medicine okay. or whatever. And they really try to try and integrate both of them. It's not like an, its own medical school, but it's its own specialty. Like you are a board. functional. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think you could take a board. Oh, just like if, yeah. like yeah. if you wanted to be infectious disease, you'd be functional medicine. Right, right. Yeah, I which is very call, interesting. Yeah, I is. think it's in, in, integrative. Integrative medicine. Integrative yeah. medicine. Yeah. Which is very, very, very interesting. Yeah. And honestly, I really do love that idea because yeah. I, 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 I think you it, need yeah. to blend yeah. both worlds together it's not just yeah, hey just let me give a you a script yeah. yeah and i think that's what some people think that medicine is is that we're just like giving you a script and it's like Legal. No, if yeah. you look at the last six visits that we've had together i've been telling you to lose freaking weight okay <laughs> right. and exercise and eat healthy yeah. and you're still coming back with your blood pressures in the 170s what, what am i supposed okay? to do okay like, what am i supposed to do and then if something happens to you you're gonna be like my doctor didn't do anything about it exactly so, exactly the classic, oh, why do my knees hurt? I don't know, 300 pounds, we'll do that to you, you know? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Or, yeah, I'm just... <laughs> I swear to God, I have people that come to me for, like, you know, constipation, and then, but you have seven days of fever, and right. then you're like, she's had seven days of fever, and I'm like, why the fuck didn't you come earlier? Yeah, like, yeah. Do you come on day eight? Someone get a blood this kid. Yeah, you and come I, on day eight, you know, like, yeah. what the hell? I just want to be very clear. We're not fat shaming, we're just giving the facts. Yeah. There's a difference between, like, you no, know unhealthy yeah. and yeah. we've talked, and about, we've this. talked about this too. we've talked yeah. about this multiple times like there's your a body difference. image has nothing to do with Correct. health with, and I'm we're sorry. talking about healthy weight yeah no, it is. and like, like me like i'm overweight like by bmi by by like bmi yeah. i'm overweight yeah. but let me tell you i exercise yeah. i eat like as healthy as i can you yes th- me you throw in those athletic greens right yeah no mario fixes all his problems with athletic greens all of them but look i did my blood work my cholesterol is perfect i can't i'm so thankful yeah. for that my cholesterol is perfect my thyroid is perfect everything is fine yeah do i feel like i could do better yes absolutely physically i could do better but you Dude, know you're busy oh excuse me i just bless god bless you but anyways yeah going off on a tangent oh but that's what we do best um so but <laughs> we were talking about like the boards and stuff like yeah. that yeah even going back to like so i think a lot of people have i don't even I would be honest to myself and say that I didn't know the whole process when I started, when I was like, oh, I'm going to be a doctor, mm-hmm. like an undergrad. I don't think you really comprehend it until you're in it. And I or, was thinking yeah. like maybe, and of course you, everyone listening to this, let us know if you're interested in this, because we're kind of thinking of like maybe doing a, a series and it'd be a series of episodes, like maybe three, maybe four episodes length, like long about medical the medical journey from the moment that you like finish undergrad or your master's or whatever and you're applying to get into a medical school at least we're only we would only focus into the u.s schools you know just to make it a little bit more streamlined but then you know pretty much just doing a little series about what it takes Mm -hmm. from point a from like the moment that you decide that you want to become a doctor and go down that road to like all the way to the end to point z of okay now you're a doctor you went yeah. through residency and everything and you finished yeah and now you have that board certification and whatnot so if you guys are interested in listening to that which i think there's so much into it that's why you have to do we would have to do like a, a series, series yeah, because yeah, there's yeah. so much into it that people just don't know yeah what it takes sure. to get from point oh, a to man. z it's so much my point a to z was <clears throat> 13 years 
that's what I'm saying. And there's so many exams, so much bureaucracy that people yeah. have no idea about the bureaucracy that you so guys have to go much through. Competition and yeah. pressure. Comp- exactly. And then why? Like a lot of people are like, but why do you go to residency somewhere that you didn't want to go? Like, you know, and it's like, well, we could there's spend a whole, whole episode on that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You could that. do a whole episode <laughs> match, yeah. on that because of the match and the algorithm or whatever. So it's massive and this there's just no space in, in an hour to go yeah. over that so yeah. let us know anyway but my next question then would be and it would honestly be for the two of you since we're talking about that is what are your most memorable moments or moment during residency like something that stuck out i guess mm-hmm. evie you could go first well i did residency at university of south florida go bulls <laughs> um and i think my i don't I don't know if I have a most memorable moment because I had a lot of moments. Good moments, bad moments, stressful moments, moments where I broke down. But I think the most memorable thing about my residency was the people that Mm -hmm. I met. Yeah. You know, my class, I was so thankful for my class. And we would even joke about it because we were all obsessed with each other. Yes, like not everyone got along 150%, but for the most part, we were all pretty obsessed with each other Yeah. to the point where I still see my friends from residency. They still, most of them still live in Tampa. One is in California doing her fellowship, but I'm going on her bachelorette party soon. That's awesome. That's so, going to be fun. But those are the people that I remember in my seniors and some of my attendings that residency is really tough. You're talking about you go from being a med student, Mm -hmm. okay? And being a medical student nowadays is not easy. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like medical students back then, like I'm talking about years ago, they did a lot, Mm -hmm. okay? They did a lot. And slowly because of the politics of hospitals and sues and all these things and or lawsuits i should say and all these things they slowly started taking a lot away from the medical student like the hands-on the hands-on approach and it was really just observe 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 Mm -hmm. and then you get to residency and your older attendings that did all the shit when they were medical students, they look at you. They're like, I remember my attending in a in NICU, in NICU. I'm talking about premature babies, okay? Mm-hmm. I remember she was like, hey, okay, me as a resident. She's like, hey, so, um, all right, this baby needs a chest tube. So let's go ahead and prep, right? Oh and I'm here. I'm an intern. Yeah. Okay. I like- First of all, I've never done a chest tube. Right. I've I've taken care of chest tubes while on my surgery rotation and and the ED and stuff like that. But I've never done a chest tube. And you're telling me to do a chest tube on a 28-weeker? Oh, my Mm. God. Oh, my God. No, thank you. So then I tell her, I was like, I've never done a chest tube. And she looked at me with her eyes like... Like if I had three heads. Mm -hmm. And she was like, what do you mean you've never done a chest tube? I was like, I'm not allowed. Yeah, I was like... I was like, I would love, I told her straight up. I was like, I would love to know any medical student that's done a chest tube on a premature patient. Mm -hmm. I'm sure it probably exists. Back then. Back then. Yeah. And maybe even now, if for the love of, if for, if they got so lucky, dude, I was, I was lucky enough if they let me suture someone. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Or like uh, do like an IND on an abscess or something. So it, it was just crazy to me yeah. how like back then is so different. different from now. Yeah. So, but anyways, 
Back to your question, Jules. My most memorable moment was definitely with my friends. Well, I mean, that was memorable on its own. Like, yeah, that's actually pretty memorable. <laughs> yeah, like, speaking of a memory. Putting your chest even to a premium. Like, yeah, or even yeah. like having to confront that idea of like, you want me to do what? Yeah. Well, when I intubated <laughs> my first patient, when I intubated my first baby, that to me was so crazy i'll never forget that yeah it's like crazy and like the thing is like those procedures are just like things that you just remember because it's things that you don't get to do often of course but like really like you can teach a monkey how to do a procedure you know what i mean like you can i, I think that's what a lot of people do it's like oh well what kind of procedures do you do and i'm like you can teach anyone off the street how to get a central line like how you do anything like the art and medicine comes from all your freaking knowledge that right. you have to do to get to be able to understand the procedure and all that stuff and when shit hits the fan what to do about it exactly. Exactly. And the critical thinking about it. Exactly. Like how to how to diagnose a person, what the decisions that you gotta take. Yeah. Pretty. Okay. All right. So that makes sense. And sorry for the barking in the background, but that's just what it is when we record at my house. What was your most memorable <laughs> moment, Mario? So funny enough, I was on my phone, not trying to be rude, but I was trying to find the photo. So this photo so I went to University of Texas in San Antonio. Okay. This photo, what I'm I'm showing the girls, maybe she they can post up later is what we called snowpocalypse in San Antonio. So there was a time when I think we got, what was it, six inches or it was, something? It was record-breaking. Was that the time that, like, everything froze over? Yep. Yes. And that we lost electricity for, yeah. like, a yeah. week. That's, yeah. like, crazy. There was, there it was, was Julie was freaking... Well, I was well, freaking out for you guys. Yeah, we didn't have electricity for two weeks. The inside of the house was... was freezing. Yeah, it was in the 40s inside yeah. the house. That's right. insane. And I had, and I had our kid that he was three years old three at the time old, yeah i was like what the hell am i going to do like i need to keep him warm. it was yeah. it was not a fun moment no that's very <laughs> anxious like, or very anxiety like, so yeah that that was that then but go ahead more. so the okay. reason why i bring it up was that it was funny because they ended up doing rotational shifts that you know who was an inpatient to help cover the hospital because at the end of the day the hospital became kind of like the place right so long story short was that I remember since most people didn't have a four by four or didn't have a truck, one of my attendings actually calls me. He's like, hey, you know, just so you guys can be safe, I'll pick you guys up. He uh-huh. had an F-250. So four by four, whatever. We're like, okay, perfect. Then he had no power, so my payment to him was I made coffee, so I was able to at least have coffee. Because, because... by that time we already got our power back. Well, no, we had the stove, we had the gas oh, stove. Oh, that's right. So we had I a mean, gas stove. Cuban coffee. Off well, of it. and not even that. I would do French. I would do like <laughs> old school, like it. no, yeah. but old school French press, like that you know, too, hot yeah. coffee, American you coffee. Just boil the water. Boil the water, throw it in, it in and so that's right. I, I would pay that. him in, in in coffee. But long story short is that when we're going to the hospital. Mind you, we're exhausted, we're tired. He has a family, I have a family. We're worried. We don't want to leave our families alone. We're driving and we don't realize that one of the bridges ice over. Oh my. We're not from the Northeast, man. This is San Antonio, Texas, okay? (laughs) We're not, the idea of a snow, like iced out bridge does not really hit you. And there's no snow prevention. There's there's no no snow plowing. There's um, no salting. There's no salt, yeah. They don't salt the roads. Nothing. Home Depot didn't have salt. Yeah. Oh my god! That's why the whole town shut down because there's no measures for snow at all, at all, at all. At least back then when we were living there. Maybe but maybe then, things changed now. But back then, yeah. So just to make it get to the point was that as we're literally driving, the car does a 360 on the bridge. On the bridge. Yes, on the bridge, 
and I'm there in the car with my attendee, and both of us are screaming yeah. to high heaven. <laughs> Mind you, he was a great driver, so was able to put it into a low gear and get back control Jesus. as another car was coming oncoming oh my god what yeah. a disaster yeah no this was and mind you the bridge like if we would have gone over the bridge it would have been yeah gone so that was memorable fun time snowpocalypse doing our inflation rotation during a snowstorm i don't know why we storm. always had a snowpocalypse wherever we would go except grenada obviously because i mean if grenada froze over Nothing. then hell froze over yeah so but like in new york we also had a snowpocalypse yeah and i'll post that photo that because it's just me I have a light on my forehead and I was, dude, I was so worried about our kid, not even me or my mom, like, fuck it, we'll just bundle ourselves up and we're fine. But yeah, and I could do the safe for him, but he's three, like it's different. So I was like, I need to get get this house warm. I need to do something. I was like, and I ended up looking through, or back then I didn't have TikTok, but I looked like through Instagram and all these other things that w- were going viral. Yeah. And then it was so bad that people from Alaska were giving people tips. from Texas, yeah, tips people on from what Texas to do. tips on what to do when you don't have power or whatever. And then one of the things was to use anything that was like concrete, rock or whatever, and do pretty much like a little, how do you call this? What do you call that, Mario? What I ended up doing with those things? It's, it's like, like a little oven almost. Like like... A, almost. And it's like a little radiator type of thing. So you, the idea was to keep those rocks hot. hot and then yeah. that would keep the space like around it. Like you think about it, it's yeah. like a concept. It the... Use a ceramic of the exterior to maintain it and the rocks. And it would be like a little warm radiator. Like here, a warm... here you are, Jules, biology major over here, doing some physics. So MacGyver what, so what did I do? I went out there and you know those blocks, like those brick blocks yeah. outside that you use for stepping or whatever. Yeah. I had a couple of them extra and I start, I started hammering them and I was able to like make shift with the pieces put warm them up with, over the stove and then like we put them around like the house and shit like that to try to keep it warm and it kind of worked people are gonna just be like you guys should have just worn layers i did but i was worried about our kid and yeah. i wanted to have at least one room warm to keep him in because that's the other thing yeah. that they said like obviously you cannot keep the whole house warm. yeah so just and it's smaller not like scale we had, yeah we didn't have a huge house by any means but it was just like at least one room warm to like just have us in there mm-hmm. and then everything else whatever and then i even did the whole thing of the towels on the on all the seams of the oh, doors God, yeah. and all that stuff it was like my god it was stressful just like thinking about your like thing that say you lost control of the car that is the worst feeling mm-hmm. ever because when i was in jersey and it would snow like that jersey has a lot of hills mm. so sometimes oh when god. i would go down a hill oh my god my car would just slide Jesus and I had Christ. no control. Like, that's it. It's a, it's yeah. a feeling that you're like, you're falling, well, like... God, Jesus, take the wheel for real. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Jesus, take the wheel for real. Like, because everyone parks on the streets too. Right. In Jersey. So I was just like, I, I don't, I'm sliding. I'm yeah. sliding down a hill and I could potentially just crash into someone's car and I have zero yeah, control. Yeah, you can't break, yeah, yeah. you can't do anything. Zero control. I remember I used to live with some of my friends during my last year. And they had a driveway that was like kind of like a little bit steep and there was black ice and I knew that there was black ice there. And I was like, okay, I need to be careful walking to my car because I can slip and fall. Dude, it did not matter how <laughs> careful I was. Fall. I slipped 
every single morning and landed <laughs> on my ass every morning. And I would show up to my shift at the hospital pissed off. And everyone was like, what's wrong? And I was like, well, I, I broke my hip like six times this week. Yeah. It was so bad. And when you slip on black ice, it's not like a little, oh, like. It's a catastrophic. Yeah, it's like my my whole entire body is like six feet in the air. My legs are over my head. Te fuiste. Yeah, me fui. Goodbye. And then I land and then you just lay there because you're like. I tried so hard to avoid this. And you just lay there just thinking about the fact that this is the fourth time that this has happened to you this week. No wonder you hated the Northeast at the end of it. it. I, it. <laughs> I love all my friends there. Still really good friends with them. And I remember they were like, Evie, like, you don't, you don't think that you want to like stay here? And I was like, nope. <laughs> I was like, I'm sorry. I love you guys. But I am getting the F out of here. I'm like, take me back to Florida. I want to go back to Florida where the heat, the sauna, I'm walking in a steam bath. Give it all to me. I will take three showers as long as I don't need to break my hip every goddamn winter. And winter over there is 10 years. Yeah. You know, there's, I, it was spring. Yeah, it was first coming. day of spring. And I remember recording on Snapchat when I had Snapchat back then. I remember recording on Snapchat. There was a blizzard going on. And... That's it. And then one day summer came and it was disgusting. And then that's it. Like September came around and it was like dreary, nasty, rain, <laughs> cold. There was like no light anywhere. Mind you, you can't look at this, but she's literally. Yeah, exactly. With her hands <laughs> crossed. Like PTSD it, right She legit shaking, is about to go into the fetal position her, right shaking now. Shaking her chair. Just like. <laughs> it was terrible. It was terrible. Okay, I'm done. I'm it's done. like the that's polar true. opposite of how I feel Dude, about Don't the ask me what was my most me- my worst memory of yeah. medical school. Because there it is. There I it think, is. I think we nailed it. <laughs> there it is. It's black ice. <laughs> just winter in general i never knew what seasonal depression was yeah. until i moved there it's that, real it's, thank you it it's is a real. real thing it's real over here in miami we ain't got no seasonal depression because it's one season yeah it's one season <laughs> in the summer all day all all year and then maybe in december january february we have a couple of like days where it's like cooler and everyone's bringing out their uggs yeah and all that stuff for that Mind one day you, with the little booty shorts but then the uggs, yeah yeah right, yeah man. with the uggs always you know yeah it's a fashion statement yeah right? it's a fashion statement so but no over there it's like you don't see the sun for like 10 months oh my god Mm. so what would you guys say another question to the both of you was Mm -hmm. your favorite rotations or rotation Mm. like during residency residency ladies first um hmm. i'm like trying to think back (laughs) Well, my favorite rotation was. I honestly really loved neonatology. Okay. I, w- I was very certain that I was going to go into neonatology. I remember that. Yeah, and I was pretty serious about it for a really long time. And I think a lot of people were surprised when I said I wasn't going to go into it. But I loved, like, preemies, yeah. that whole entire, you know, baby life. Like, all of that I, I loved. And I loved neonatal medicine. I think... I think the reason I liked it so much is because it's really tied a lot into perinatal medicine. And so what is neonatology and what is so neonatology is basically the care, the medical care of premature infants. Okay. And that's come a long way. Like before it was just incubators. Like we're talking about, I had a baby that was 22 weeks old. That's Mm. still considered non-viable and we still delivered it, which a lot of people have a lot of opinions on like the ethical side of that. Mm. But we still delivered the baby. Baby came out with a heart rate. We sustained that heart rate and I took care of that baby. Jeez. As its resident, like its primary team. And... 
it's, it's just crazy. It's insane to think mm. that a baby that's not even half, like a little over halfway just developed yeah. right. is born. Oh my God. And right. we are keeping it alive. The baby was very sick. That I will say, I think that's the sad side about it in neonatology is that unfortunately babies die. And mm-hmm. what's wrong? <laughs> my stomach is making whale sounds for no oh, good reason. Okay. I don't know why. You're probably hungry. <laughs> Maybe. It's breakfast but anyways anyway but yeah so like babies unfortunately you know babies unfortunately pass away and but there's a lot of really amazing success stories for (laughs) julie's julie's stomach doesn't like i really wonder if it's it's probably not well sounds there it's julie's stomach. yeah it's my stomach if you hear it so that's just you know but yeah i really like i really like neonatology and i have some crazy stories in neonatology too like saving some of those babies and it's so like when you bring a baby back to life that's gonna be no one can ruin your day after that right you will have you will be ridden with anxiety for the rest (laughs) of the day but you will be happy yeah 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 so yeah so my favorite rotation was neonatology i got to do a lot of stuff with that how about you maru it's funny how you say your favorite was NICU when yeah. my least favorite was, was NICU. NICU because as family med, our program required us to do NICU. Do NICU, yeah. Some of my so, friends in family medicine also had to do NICU too. Mind you, we would do it with pediatric residents and they had done it like maybe once or twice already. Before, yeah. And we were doing it as a third year. Yeah. And it's very much calculate driven. Like it's there's a lot of mathematics component to it because everything is weight based yeah. numbers and nutrition. And if you nutrition. screw up by a decimal point, like you can yeah. cause some TPN. You're like cause doing some serious so harm. T- yeah, TPN is total parenteral nutrition. So it's basically food through the IV. Ah, yeah. yeah. So you have to calculate that for all the babies because yeah. they can't feed. You know? Yeah. No, I. I <clears throat> I, I told my wife, I honestly wanted to break down every single moment. I yeah, he, it, I, he was uh, an emotional mess. Yeah. For, well, I just, yeah. I guess, I don't know if you were a mom yet when you did your NICU, but no. I was a dad, no, so not an easy, not, no, a, not an easy rotation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, one of the reasons why I didn't go into NICU is because of a case that I had. And then I was like, I... I, I told myself it was just a very real conversation. And I think it's a real conversation that a lot mm. of us have that we don't really like voice it out to the Voices. world. But there are times where you think you want to do something and you go through an experience and you say to yourself, okay, I could probably do this when I'm young because when you're young, you can do anything. Yeah, yeah. You know, right. like sure. you can do anything when you're young. But is it something that I'm going to want to do when I am 60? Yeah. Right. You know, and no, even and in I'm, your forties and fifties, like and it's sustainable. A very hard decision it's because hard. a lot of people are like, you know, you have a lot of people are like, oh, but you know, you'd be so good at it, and blah blah blah. Yeah, and then they're like, almost like when I told my program that I wasn't doing NICU, it's like disappointment. Yeah, 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 yeah. it was like disappointment. They were all very surprised, yeah. and it was almost like, oh. But why? And all these things, I'm like, dude, listen, I already had this whole entire conversation with mm. myself. Yeah. Like, the last thing I need to do is sit down and explain my decision to someone yeah. else. Right. Absolutely. And it's like, I thought about it. It was a hard decision. Trust me, it was a hard decision for me to make. Mm-hmm. You know, it's because medicine is, yes, you can always go back. Like, right now, I'm, yeah, you could I'm, gonna, I'm going on my third year out of residency. And I can always go back if I really want to. Right. But that is a huge that is a huge leap. Yeah, yeah. that's a career change. That's a career mm-hmm. change. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's not just like, oh, well, I'm going to casually just jump back because into that's neonatology. What... I would be like a freaking intern again in right. neonatology. Yeah, I know my basics, but... That's the thing. I feel like people would be 
thinking that like oh you could just switch no 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 no, no, no. no. it's it's a whole career change it's yeah. like somebody that it was a lawyer decided that they didn't want to do law they wanted to engineering yeah, exactly it's that drastic well, you know, and how long has nick used fellowship three, three years yeah. so imagine it's most like, pediatric fellowships are three years so imagine it's like going through yeah. and what people don't realize as well when you're a resident you're not getting paid. No, no. Yeah. So I would paid. be going back. On, I would be taking a pay cut too. Not, not just pay a pay cut. cut. Like yeah. a no, yeah. You'll like life changing. Like a third. No, 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 I get no. triple right now of yeah. what I used to make. That's so, it. Yeah, so that's imagine right. that it's a whole. It's a career change and a life, life change. change. Yeah. Like it's, and when you got a family, yeah. you have a kid, you have yeah, a house, yeah. you got bills to pay, and life keeps coming at you. That's yeah. It's I know exactly you say like people always say oh you can just go back and do whatever you want. Not really. <laughs> Not really. I feel you. But you did say that was your most, the one that you least liked, but what was your favorite? Um, I honestly, I, I look back on it. I know Impatient was a tough one. I know that was, we, our program was heavily Patient focused. Broke Impatient. Awards. It's terrible. Awards. And we as a program would cover all our patients from University of Texas, like family med clinic. So, you know, our census would sometimes be from 30 to 40 patients. Yeah. Not not to mention also we managed all the podiatry patients. So it was an ex- extensive, right? But I really did enjoy the rotations where I could at least have camaraderie. And I think that was kind of one of the good things about inpatient that you kind of got close to your group. Like, yeah. Yeah, it's you, your team. You, you were you were in the trenches together, where like in the clinic, you're kind of running a solo show, which that's what yeah, I do right now. Patients, yeah. And I'm cool with it too. Like I guess both have their things, but what I liked about inpatient was that you kind of had the camaraderie where you were with each other and you could say, "Damn, this really sucks," but everyone were in it together. Yeah, you could bounce it back and forth. Or yeah, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So I would say between that, inpatient geriatrics was good rota- rotation that i enjoyed in the sense of just the the spectrum of practice but yeah i would say okay so i'm patient pretty much okay and then since we kind of touched upon that like literally right before mm-hmm. he answered this if you had to repeat one which one would you repeat the two of you med school or residency 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 yeah. 100%. I will never go back to medical school. No. No, 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 no. Was, like, not even, like, that's not even a question. Not even a question. Okay. Residency is, I, I don't care. Well, I know certain residencies, whatever, but I just still think medical school is a whole different ballgame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. So, no, don't ever. <laughs> Every time, every time someone asks me, they're like, "Are you a student?" I'm like, "Hell no!" I was like, "Don't ever put me back to that stage in my life." Yeah. I don't ever want to be a student ever again. And it's just, it's just different. I like, think we've all had that dream where, we're like, oh, did I really graduate? And now I gotta go back. Oh, <laughs> my God! But that I feel nightmare. like, yeah, no, it's a nightmare. But I, I feel like every, students get treated differently. Oh yeah, they're not. It was just, you have to study. It's so much pressure, so much competition. Oh, you have to impress people mm. and then to get into a resident that you really want to do Some, it's, it's sometimes like, very oh fake God. it's very yes, fake it's, it's really not fake and it's like, not a and i think what you were I'm saying i think it's for everyone but for the most part it truly is dude like when i was a student i you have to be like on you yeah. have to be on 200 percent. yeah right you yeah. know the, the entire time, time. Yep. when yep. i think you said something earlier in the uh, episode that makes a lot of sense is that and i think depending where you're from and how your teachers trained you the old school idea was very much mentor like relationships yeah. where there was an older doctor yes younger student younger doctor 
older doctor taught all those skill sets to those two yeah. and then they would continue exactly giving those skill sets over now it's become like you said honestly it's like you're watching a youtube channel because you're observing everything exactly god forbid you do you, any hands-on you say anything oh you yeah. do anything hands-on i know there are certain of course I, there's a cat there's always an exception to everything there were rotations where there were great doctors great mentors yeah. great attendings who were like hey you know what mm-hmm. Why don't you do, you know, get your hands dirty, you know, do something like you're saying, suturing. Mm -hmm. I think I sutured my third year once or twice, maybe. It's definitely attending dependent too. 100%. And locational where you train. Yeah. But imagine then also during COVID. Mm. All those people during COVID, med students couldn't even like sometimes no, go. The med, well, the med students the, stopped uh, going. Exactly. Yeah, so our were, med students had and, to take everything online. So yeah. imagine that you go that from not... like just doing everything online to jump into residency full on throttle. Here's a here are patients. Go ahead and take care of it. And you just been COVID doing everything was online. Crazy, crazy. Like for the like, world, for the medical world, for the students. I feel terrible for the students. Oh my god, COVID. I can't I, even imagine. I'll be honest, that. I think we did them a disservice. A hundred percent. Yeah. Look, I understand, you know, reducing the risk and, you know, I 100%. But so what happens in the next one? You know, like, let me tell you, a lot of people were like reducing the risk. I was pregnant yeah. when COVID and I was going into COVID yeah. rooms pregnant. For sure. You so had to do what you had to I do. had to do what I had to do. Yep. That- and in the middle of the night, I didn't have some of like our rotations didn't have in-house attendings. So what that means is that your attending is is not like physically yeah. in the hospital. Like you are, you can a, call them. Exactly, you can but, call them. You can do but, anything, but, but you're, you're, you're it, it, yeah. you know. And when an admission would come and a COVID admission would come, mm-hmm. we were the ones seeing those patients. And like when COVID first came out, we didn't know, you know. Oh no no no, that was the Wild West. I remember we actually ourselves admitted friends of ours that were yeah. on rotations with us, like actual like yeah. in our class. I do think that those first couple years were kind of hard, but at the same time, I guess they taught us something really practical in the sense of being that person. Like, hey, you know what? No matter what, you're it. You, you got it. The buck stops with you. Where I felt like when it, when third year or last year of clinicals, we had some of the students start residency that had just done COVID, yeah. and you could see it that they were like bushy eyed and they were just freaking out. They're like. We just came off online. And I was like, what? Yeah. And yep. now you're thrown online. inpatient and in you're patient. expected to go and ground That's on... That's just yeah. not even fair. Ground on like 10 patients yeah. and know what the hell you're doing. It's not even it's fair. Rough. And also like, our patient load like really decreased during COVID because we were really not trying to have anyone near any kind of exposure in the hospital. So even our interns and stuff, I COVID happened during my third year of residency. So I was already a senior. Yeah, second year. And some of like my interns, the most common thing that we would admit to the hospital, my interns didn't really have a lot like good experience with because right. we just didn't get. I'm telling you, when I was an intern, I would get asthmatics. That was like every day, just an asthmatic, yeah. a bronchiolitic, like yeah. uh, UTIs, a, a UTI, right. a sepsis, yeah. like all these admissions. And then during COVID, it was just like our census was just so. It's funny how your yeah. so your census, yeah, ours was. I guess the opposite because so what we really what happened with our program is they from all our outpatient rotations they literally scaled all those down so that we'd have more support in the inpatient setting because we needed yeah. more bodies in the hospital right so pretty much they created multiple groups multiple teams to manage inpatient yeah. but 
it was also a scope of practice that a lot of family doctors let's face it we're never going to touch a vent we're yeah. never going to be an icu setting no and they have covid teams you know what i mean people have oh yeah then that's just that's covid and that's what we did so we had our group team b was covid team yeah and even at one point they changed the workroom because if they got sick they yep. didn't want to get everyone we had different workrooms too they didn't want to get everyone sick but mind you at one point, it was one yeah. rotation that all the, everyone in the work room ended up with COVID. Like, yeah. it's going to happen. That was so it's bad. That was like when one person would be exposed. It was like, yeah. well, what do you do? Do you get tested? Do you yeah. not? Yeah. Do you wear... Dude, I remember when COVID first started, like first, first started, like some of us would wear masks mm. and the hospital would make us take off our masks. And they're like, you don't need to be wearing masks. And it was this huge huge deal if oh, they wow. saw us wearing masks what? we would get in trouble for it wearing was the opposite masks. for us yeah well, it was At it was different they didn't want patients to be scared of covid and Rat. stuff like that oh. so we would get in trouble for wearing and mind you we were sick like not not from covid we were sick from other things we just didn't want to give it to the patient mm. right right and the nurse managers would be like no and you, you didn't take take it off and then our charge the nurse was... would talk to our attending and then our attending would come into the room being that mediator and being yeah. like hey you know you should really take off your mask and then now everyone started wearing masks exactly no 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 i mean that it, was, it was just such a, a crazy it was it was a hot covid was a freaking hot mess dude when our hospitals ran out of hand sanitizer well the best one was i, I don't, don't i don't know about you but did you get the little brown paper bag yeah no yeah mm -hmm. we had a brown paper bag where we had Which, to reuse our mask for the whole week which is disgusting like, like if you're back in kindergarten you yeah. got your, your like lunch, little, little lunch little i remember lunch bags. that was funny it, it was, was cool disgusting. it was a dumpster fire mess yeah, but terrible. totally pivoting to a different yeah. different topic how off is gray's anatomy Oh, oh, so off. So, <laughs> so off. Because I feel like if you no talk to like, like... If medicine was that exciting, everyone would be doing it. it yeah, but like, but I one, feel like you talk to... Just pick somebody out of FIU, UM, or whatever that they're doing undergrad. Thinking, oh, yeah, I'm doing undergrad in biochem or whatever the hell. Pick one. And they're like, oh, I'm going to become a doctor. Why? In there, somewhere, is Grey's Anatomy or one of those medical shows. For sure. For sure, for sure, for sure. And so how off is it? No, it is like really awful. First of all, <laughs> no one looks like that. <laughs> oh, yeah, no one looks like that. Okay. Uh, <laughs> At all. There's not a neurosurgeon just hanging out in the ED, just like, yeah, oh my God. Yeah, just wondering. <laughs> like, yeah, just when's casually. The next everyone case? avoids the ED at all costs. Right. You know. Actually, when they get paged by the ED, they're like, what the fuck do they want? <laughs> right. So, yeah, not true at all. Okay. And then, you guys, how many patients do you see on a normal day in clinic? Like, average. You know, I would say average 25, 26. Okay. Goddamn. 18, 20. Okay. Yeah. And that's like from an eight to five sort of situation. Yeah. 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 But no, I mean, 18 patients for Mario is a lot. Like we're talking about like adults Geriatrics, that have yeah. like 6,000 medications that you need to do a med rack and mm -hmm. stuff like that. Like luckily Pete's doesn't have that. I always, okay. I always tell parents, I'm like, if your kid has more problems than the number of their age, I'm like, it's a problem. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, like that's true. That's a good thing to go. Through. Yeah, yeah. Good, I always yeah. thought like kids are healthy. They're healthy. They're gonna get sick, but they're healthy. Yeah, right. You know. Yeah. Thankfully, yeah. you know. Obviously, you're gonna have your different cases and stuff like that. But I think the reason why, like, we see like a more volume too is just like the nature of peds. Right. It's like when they're sick, the school sends them home. They right. need the doctor's note. They need this. They need that. It's like 
the actual environment for peds is like you have to have walk-ins available yeah. i don't think adults you i mean i don't know how your clinic is but different so i guess we can also do a whole other podcast on types of <laughs> or a whole other episode you mean yeah for um so Mario, we're getting you for another episode <gasps> sure <laughs> i'm down um but so there's a big difference so i do geriatrics but medicare advantage is or medicaid advantage better said is kind of a different scope of practice so we work in a capitated healthcare system mm-hmm. so imagine every patient has a number assigned to them based on their problem list mm-hmm. which is called hcc coding that hcc coding then gives it a numerical value and worth of dollars and cents that the government has to then repay quarterly right recently there's actually new bills passed that are going to decrease the amount of money that is going to be reimbursed for these type of patients and these problems which is a problem on its own because these patients are extremely sick problem comes is when clinics or practices overly code for problems that are not appropriate so then the idea with capitated healthcare system is that you are responsible for the patient entirely, 100%. Every time they go to the emergency room, every time they get admitted, that's on you. That's bonkers. And that affects your metrics. That's like insane to me. It is. So like, I got affected people don't... the time like, a parent took a kid to the ED. Oh, oh no. You, you, I know. Yeah. A, yeah, yeah, well, yeah. imagine. I so that's... Imagine, yeah. I b- don't believe that is the way of practice. Of course not. Because and anyways, that, how does that fall on you? If I feel yeah. sick enough that I need to go to the ED, Isn't that is my like, choice. Well, that has nothing to do with my doctor. The, the, fa- the, the way our clinic is run is in the idea that call us first, come here first. So we really work almost like as an urgent care and primary care. So that's why it's craziness so what if what if a patient comes to you mm-hmm. sees you in clinic but you say like no you need to go to the ed you get dinged how is that a thing exactly yeah. i don't, I don't know understand that, that. If they have a motor vehicle accident you get dinged oh yeah, yeah they have a heart just, attack oh my god just stop i can do a whole entire episode on how fucked up the system is <laughs> yeah yeah well, yeah and the problem is this is so this is also so why the I've... patient comes in uh-huh. okay and they are i don't know Hemoglobin of four, tachycardia. I just had that. I had, a, I had a hemoglobin of six. I had to send him in for transfusion. Uh-huh. I got dinged. You got dinged. What the? I, I... So what are they supposed to do? Are you supposed to give the transfusion? Are you supposed to give your blood to the patient? Yeah. It, it doesn't make any sense. Oh, I... I'm in shock. I run lines in clinic. I do Lasix. I do... Yeah, 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 yeah. We've no, done. well, LASIK's okay. Like that, you know, is a right. pill form. I understand. I do all my all my NDs. I don't send any of my NDs out. Oh my What's INDs? Incision injury drainages. Wow. Yeah. If you have someone that needs suturing, you suture them up and not send them to the ED and they get dinged. How much? Did, so, and then Mario's seeing 18 patients a day. How are you doing INDs and stuff like that and seeing like all those numbers of people? This is why... Yeah, this is why everyone is burnt out. <laughs> exactly. 100%. This is why everyone is burnt yeah. out. And it's not because we're not trying to give you the proper care. You know what I mean? It's because they Expectations expect the, you yeah, the... to do way more. Than you Honestly, can Mario. Possibly oh, my God. Yeah. That's crazy. So, yeah. Let's say. Oh, that's the other thing. 
because then the expectations call you. So they have access to you. Yeah, he yeah. has his own phone. You have a and work And then they text stuff. him oh, yeah, yeah. whatever patients Patients will call you and text you to directly. Directly. No, no, no middleman. Like, to reduce, yeah, we have, we have a, so we have to reduce hospital admissions. No, but ex- there was that example. Do you have to document every single time? Oh, I do. I do. I always document everything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that example. No, like if a patient calls me for like a Tylenol dose, you know what I mean? Like. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. No, I'm not. But like, let's but say, he, for like, no, like, like a, a UTI coming in is like, hey, yeah, they're in an asthmatic. And but he's having... had multiple cases of like multiple patients, different ones, call him mm-hmm. and like ER type of situations. Like, oh, yeah. I don't feel a part left of my body. We- doctor, or... I have left sided weakness with vision changes. I'm that... like, why are you calling me? What? Call nine one one like now. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, now. And, and they're calling that line like his someone do a his work phone <laughs> or they're texting him, and it's like. Stop texting me and, and honestly, call 911. I, <laughs> I know that they're encouraging for you to go to your primary care doctor, but dude, there is a line of safety. 100%. You are encouraging someone that has an, an a medical emergency to call you to waste time. Wasting right. time, exactly. Well, there's golden hours. Valuable time. You have, exactly. For a stroke, you have a certain like time before mm-hmm. they can even administer certain medications and stuff like that. and. For GPA? strokes and heart attack, that's what I'm saying. For strokes and heart attack, like minutes are gold. No. Yeah, like, the first gold. four hours so like, with any type of emergency, let's face it, three to four hours, like those are precious hours. Yeah, and you can't get that back. And my dad, my dad, one time had like you know, uh, diaphoresis, um, dizziness, mm. vomiting, and all these things. I was like, I'm like, dude, is my dad having a heart attack? Really? If my Just... dad would have told me that he was going to his primary care doctor, I would have been like, what, what are you doing? Exactly. I'm like, go to the ED. Exactly. Oh, no, no, no. It just doesn't make any sense. Let's tell him come over. Let's do an EKG. <laughs> Yeah, 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 it's ridiculous. It's, it's, it's really ridiculous. And then that puts a lot. And then that puts a lot on the physician. Mm-hmm. That puts a lot on your license and all these well, things. Okay. And it's if you want it. OK, if you want your clinic to mm-hmm. do that kind of service, hire someone, an emergency medicine doctor that has like a semi well, like outpatient, you know, what um, they should do is have divide the clinic, one primary care and one urgent care. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So that there's a division because yeah. there's enough and make sure that you have the things that you need to Correct. run an urgent care yeah, as right. well like a right. triage team so i had uh-huh. we had a patient uh-huh. literally had a seizure in our waiting room oh my god oh my mind god mind you oh my god, i'm like oh so god. do we have a crash car do we have any, anything anything do any we, emergency anti-epileptic do we even nothing. just have capra so i can load them or yeah, something nothing 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 so, so then what why the point what's the yeah. point of bringing Nothing. in that is that is putting a patient's life at risk that's like malpractice like that that whole system really, i grab <laughs> you just grab the patient put on the side and let's go for a ride and call the paramedics yeah which you could have just probably done at home and yeah. you would have saved yourself a seizure. yeah, yeah. but yeah. moving on because oh, yeah. now this is a whole nother yeah, yeah, yeah. um pivoting scrubs or business wear oh damn scrubs I do love scrubs, and scrubs. I think I would I would choose scrubs. 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 scrubs, scrubs, scrubs sometimes scrubs. it's nice to dress a little bit. Yeah, maybe. I think it's different for females too. Like no, but let me tell you, sometimes you want to be like really comfortable, and I feel like work clothes is not comfortable at all. It's not. But sometimes I'm about efficiency. Like pants and blouse, I could probably do like a day of a pants and blouse. But then again, I'm sure I'll wear the pants and blouse and be like, God damn it, like why didn't I wear my scrubs today? <laughs> like I can tell you all the positive about scrubs. Efficiency, 
Comfort. Yeah, comfort, yeah. Hygienic. Yeah. Because you actually washed them. Yeah. Not yeah. like not men's like, ties yeah, and yeah, yeah. Yeah. jackets. Nasty, and how, nasty. Yeah. You know, even dress shirts. I knew friends of mine would reuse their dress shirts because oh. they didn't want to iron them and stuff oh. like that. Oh, yeah. So mm-hmm. gross. Let's face it. So right? Gross. I'm all about white scrubs. Coat. I also, I don't use a white coat either. I don't use a white coat. Yeah. But I, that's okay. just me. All right. Next question. If not practicing in Miami, as you guys both are right now, then mm-hmm. where? If you had the choice, Texas, Antonio, Austin. Mm. <laughs> he means really easy. thinking here. That's easy for me. Yeah, I agree with I you. Agree I agree. Tampa. Would... Yeah. 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 Tampa is a great freaking. Tampa, or California. Okay, California. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Tampa's a good one. Yeah, Tampa. California. Yeah. I love Tampa. Tampa. I, I like Tampa. Yeah. Tampa so much. Honest, I've always said it. If there was another city in Florida I would live in, same, uh, same, yeah. same, one hundred percent. I would close my eyes and be like, okay, I'm going to Tampa. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I see everyone there. Because you still have the Cuban, you know, influence yeah. as well. Culture. So you're not yeah. like small. It's like um, small, big, small, big. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's hard. It's hard to describe it. But well, and then you, you have got St. Petersburg you next yeah. door. Clear water. You got water. Yeah. Oh my God! Stop, guys. Why? 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 Why are we talking about this? So we're going to retire yeah, over there? Yeah, we're retiring over there. <laughs> or oh, the Keys. I love the Keys, too. Oh, I love the Keys, too. Yeah, yeah. The, the Keys. The only thing with the Keys is just the, the in and out. Like, I know. But, like, when you live there, oh, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, you just, sure. you have a boat and you just... You Your quality life, of life is you know so I mean? different. Oh, 100%. And the the islands are nearby. You can just so island hop. Oh, my God. I, I'm a total sucker for that salt life. Water. water <laughs> I'm safe. Thing. I'm right there with you. Yeah, so, okay, sounds good. Yay, Mario! Thank you for having me. Enjoy this, guys. I'm so happy guys. you woke up and got to do this with us. I know. Hey. Everybody was like, oh God, I was guys, up Please look out. at our TikTok video of Mario's <laughs> full-blown, like, natural reaction to that margarita song on TikTok. Oh, my God. It's yeah, really and it's funny. all because he's it's having quite, a margarita, so he had no idea of the existence of that song. quite educational. Yeah. <laughs> How did it feel? Like, do you like it? I love it. I said it. I think I thought it was therapeutic. <laughs> the margarita song? Well, no. no. Oh. <laughs> well, <laughs> well uh, I can tell you right now that margarita song would be therapeutic, okay? And depending Lord. as... Lord. Um, but no, yeah, the podcast is great. And thank you for having me. Yay. Anytime, anytime. As long as... I mean, it's just hard to coordinate schedules and stuff. And we're going to yeah. try to like have other people join us as guests with different specialties, different walks of life and stuff. But yeah, this was Mario. And we'll see you guys in the next one. See you later. Bye. 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 Like, comment, review us on all streaming platforms, Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, etc. Check us out on Instagram and TikTok at Funny Medicine Podcast. Our Gmail is at funnymedicine305 at gmail.com. And remember, we are not diagnosing you. Definitely not. Just funny stuff. See you later, guys.